A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome in, Blue Jays Nation Radio, episode 115. Recapping the series against the Yankees, but most importantly, Coomzy, the Blue Jays are going back to the postseason. Woo! There isn't a more perfect way than than the 2022 Toronto Blue Jays, given how the season has gone, given how much of an up-and-down roller coaster ride it's been, given how frustrating they've been at times, that them ultimately clinch playoff spot came on an off day by way of another team losing. It just it just felt like this team kind of had an anticlimactic playoff clinch, and it seemed fitting. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Like, from the beginning of this season and the whole, like, you know, second or third best odds in the American League to win the World Series and on and on and on, how much excitement there was about this roster to just how, I don't even know if in, inconsistent's the right word. I, I would say underwhelming. And yeah, you're right, to have them clinch on a day they're not even playing when we don't get to see any sort of like a meaningful celebration, nothing like that. Um, it, it is pretty fitting. But the Orioles lose, the Jays clinch, they're going back to the postseason. And I know they made it in 2020, but I don't mm-hmm. count that. Mm-hmm. To me, this is the first time since 2016 that the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be playing postseason baseball. And hopefully they're playing postseason baseball at the Rogers Center. Because, yes, clinching is great. But we've kind of known for a bit that they're going to be a playoff team. The biggest thing that still needs to be decided is home field advantage. And that's a big, big part of this. Like, I think you really, really need to be playing those home games or those first couple postseason games at the Dome. It gives them a huge advantage. Oh, yeah, you really don't want to be going going road. I think we've talked about this quite a few times, but the more and more you look at it, the more you realize is the situations in which they go on the road are at all ideal. The trop is the obvious. Absolutely not. The Jays have already done a playoff series there, and it was there, and it was um, the Rays are significantly at home than they are on the road than they are on the road in Seattle. That that one's kind of an ugly one because it, you know it would be their first playoff appearance in two decades just like the Jay, the Jays 2015 like their fans are going to be going yeah. going nuts and B mentioned this when he was on the pod with me a couple weeks ago as he said well since Canadian fans don't know if this is going to be happening they can't buy their, their tickets in advance so it's not be this Blue Jays fans BC Alberta takeover in Seattle and then, and then Cleveland they're playing really have a fantastic pitching rotation they seem to be a team a frustrating team that's kind of built for the playoffs and you know think back to, to 2016 you know frustrating they are to play against in Cleveland different team of course but same same energy. The Jays are at home than they are on the road, I think. So it's 
it's very necessary. It won't be a, it won't be a good feeling going on the on the road for the wild card role. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I I think you're bang on with that. Um, like their record, their splits or whatever at home versus on the road, um, not that different. But you can't deny the vibes, and we are a big vibes podcast, Coomsey. All we care about, all are about the vibes. vibes. All, all about vibes. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Uh, so let's dig into this series against the Yankees. Excuse me, because it was an eventful one. Um, three up, three down, as always, delivered by our friends at DoorDash, where you can use the promo code GAMEDAY25. That gets you 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. And you got to enter that code, GAMEDAY25. Coomsy, let's rip through the ups here, uh, starting with Kevin Gosman, who, again, you want to talk about players who are important to hit their stride before the start of the postseason. Gosman is definitely, he's near the top of that list. He goes six and a third, only allows six hits, only allows two earned runs, strikes out seven. He looked excellent against a very good Yankees offense. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of a bit of a, a bit of a weird start. He allowed a run in the first inning and the second inning. It was kind of that Kevin Gosman Babbitt situation where I don't know what he's done wrong to bother the batted ball gods, but every time the other team seems to make contact with his pitches, it lands somewhere where the fielders aren't, but then he just settles in and dominates the Yankees. Six and one third, six hits, two earned runs, uh, one block, seven strikeouts, a fantastic line. That's probably one of the most redeeming things for the blue jays heading into the playoffs if they do clinch home before game 162 and we don't have to do alec manoa versus the orioles is that they have those two going as your one two there's obviously the questions about is jose barrios your number three on paper he hypothetically should be but his season especially recently would indicate that he shouldn't but at least you have that fantastic one two punch and seeing that outing from gosman against the yankees just reaffirms um, the great spot they are at the top of the rotation. This series started off with a bang, and our second up is going to come from game one with Vladdy drilling a walk-off single with two outs in the bottom of the 10th um, and doing the whole this-is-my-house thing. I thought that was awesome. Uh, Those are kind of the moments I think you look back on at the end of the year is what you'd hope to be season-defining moments. In in that minute, in that moment, it was great. Uh, taken in context, the next two games, okay, I don't remember it quite as fondly. Um, but still, to see Vladdy come through with a clutch hit, I thought that was awesome. He goes two for five in that ball game as well, and the walk-off celebration was just flat-out sick. Yeah, it was. It's always fun to have those big moments, and there was a handful of big moments last year in September down the stretch, and they unfortunately of course, wound up just coming up short. But we all still remember those exciting moments. You know, Bo had his big home run against the Yankees. There was the insane comeback against Oakland, Marcus Semien. You always remember those types of moments. And even though the rest of the series was bleh, games two and three, you know, you can still look back at this, this fun highlight. All the fans that got to go to that game had a good time. And then all the Yankees fans who showed up to try and see Aaron Judge um, hit his home run in that first game. Instead, got to watch Vladdy walk the Yankees off, which is great. So at least there was something good from this series because after that, things went a little bleh. Also, big, 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 big shout out to the bullpen in that ball game because uh, they were just flat out outstanding. Uh, you go two thirds of an inning from Simber. Jimmy Garcia strikes out two in his inning. Jordan Romano strikes out the side in his inning. Anthony Bass only allow only gives up one walk. Uh, in his two-thirds of an inning, doesn't give up a hit, strikes out both guys, or the other two guys he faced. Tim Meza comes in, and he gets a big out for Toronto as well. So um, just the bullpen was outstanding. To hold the Yankees to nothing in that 10th inning as well was great. 
another big storyline that came out of this uh, first game of the series, and it is going to be our third up, is Yankees fans complaining about the Jays walking Aaron Judge in the 10th inning. I love it. Don't be afraid of the criticism. John Schneider made the right move. You are there to win ball games, and you are only a game and a half up on the Seattle Mariners right now after two losses. Right now, you're only a game and a half up on the Mariners for home field advantage in this first round, and you can't run a risk. Like Why, did, why would John Schneider give a crap if Aaron Judge is chasing a record, which we'll get into in just a second? The job's to win ball games, and I love that Schneider just said, you know what? Put the ego aside. We don't need to pitch to this guy. Let's get a win instead. Yeah, it was a gutsy move, and it worked out perfectly. I mean, Anthony Bass comes in, strikes out um, Harrison Bader. He allows a walk to Isaiah Kinner-Falefa, and then he strikes out Jose Trevino. So there's two outs, and then you have Aaron Judge coming on with uh, with, a, with guys on base. And it's like, you know, Aaron Judge really is, at this point, the only hitter in the Yankees lineup where you're like, oh, geez, like, this guy can hit. I mean, the drop-off between Judge as their star to... Rizzo or Giancarlo Stanton or whoever's after him is significant. Like the difference between using Anthony Bass to go up against judge in that situation to then using Mesa against Rizzo. Like it's, it's so obvious. The situations are so it's such an obvious move to make and good on Schneider for making it and not falling into any bullshit internal pressure to, ah, uh, geez, we got to do this the right way and give Aaron judge his chance to hit his home run. Like who the fuck cares? It's not that big of a deal. Like, the Yankees, the Yankees and their fans just have this overwhelming main character syndrome where they forget that the teams they're even playing even actually exist outside the context of that exact game. No, the Blue Jays, uh, the Blue Jays are more than just like the doormat to like pitch to you for you to hit your like AL record, team record, whatever it is, non-steroid home run that they're all jerking off about. The Jays have to win their games and that's what they did. They played to win. To me as well, like some of the sentiment from down south and like Stephen A. Smith ranting about it, I don't think that rant has the same tone if it's the Houston Astros doing it or the Boston Red Sox doing it. It's because, again, they view Toronto as a doormat. Like, oh, it's the Blue Jays. Why should they? They shouldn't be doing that. Like, it's cheap. And everything that comes... Point is, I don't think the Jays ever get the respect they deserve. And this was a big part of that is some of the... uh, analysts who had their rants about it I thought wouldn't be talking the same language if it was any other team doing that to Aaron Judge and the Yankees so that was annoying but still hilarious because Yankees fans crying is always funny um so those were our three ups from the series against the Yankees where the Jays did actually drop two of three so let's dig into the three down which are mainly going to come or they're all going to come from those last couple of games uh we'll start with Jose Barrios who was not great going uh five and a third allowing nine hits five earned runs um doesn't get out of the sixth inning not great from Jose Barrios not very inspiring at least that was a game where you would have liked to see him go up against a high-end offense and say you know what if it was the postseason, I can handle these guys. And he showed he can't. Yeah, it's a frustrating one because, you know, Jose Brios had a rough time in his last outing in Tampa. It was, you know, he only manages to go two innings, gets tagged up. But then you look at it and you're like, okay, you know, his home and away splits have been pretty significant. Uh, this is the trop we're dealing with. Hey, we'll give him a mulligan. He's been pretty good recently. When he comes back home into a key game, the expectations are significantly higher, and he ultimately just didn't come through, and that's the the, the disappointing thing to see. And, I mean, I do think we should obviously cut him some slack given, you know, his family's in, in Florida and there's the hurricane going on, and, you know, he's from Puerto Rico. He's obviously got a connection 
there, a significant one. And it's important to remember sometimes that this is just a game. It doesn't matter that much. It's not the end of the world. It's not, you know, it's not life or death. Like, you know, what, what could be on Jose Barrios's mind, but when we just isolate it, it's, the question has now, I think, kind of answered itself as to who the number three starter is in the playoffs, and it's it's Ross Stripling for me. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see Jose Barrios in the wild card series. I just I'm very doubtful of that. Um, I would imagine if they win the wild card series, though, we would see him in the ALDS. Yeah. So the Jays are still going to need this guy if they're going to go on an mm-hmm. extended postseason run. He just might not be a key piece to that wild card round. The interesting thing would be is if they make that decision and they know ahead of time, Stripling's our guy in game three of a wild card series. Do they leave Jose Barrios off the postseason roster for round one? That's a tough one because, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it ultimately comes down to what happens in 161, right? Because if they have to use Manoa, then you're kind of lining up Gosman, Stripling, Barrios. But if you do have Manoa, what are you going to use him out of the bullpen? Is that going to be the move? Comes in for one inning, two innings. Maybe he's ready if Stripling has a bad time. I don't know. I, it's it's hard to imagine him staying off the roster, but I, I do understand the logic. I don't know if you necessarily need your number four starter in a three-game series, right? Yeah. Do you value a bullpen arm maybe a little bit more than that? Um, or do you want Jose Barrios there in case Stripling can, um, what if he gets lit up in a potential game three and you go, okay, well, now we need a guy to eat five innings. Do you have more confidence in Mitch White or Jose Barrios in that instance? I mean, at that point, you'd be getting lit up in an elimination game. It's not great anyways. No, it's but, not. <laughs> There's no ideal there. But I mean, I guess if you if you think Barrios' stuff could play up as a one or two inning guy, then sure, why not? Maybe. Speaking of Mitch White, he's not that good. Um, I'm not like, I think, you know, maybe down the line, maybe next season, he's our stripling. Who knows? You can't tell the future. Uh, but for right now, this guy probably shouldn't be pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays unless you clinch home field and you want to burn him in game 162. That's probably the slot you do it in. Um, but I mean, he's got a 7.38 ERA Coombsy. That's terrible. Yeah, it's a really confounding thing to look at because you kind of watch him pitch sometimes and he's generating whiffs and his stuff looks quite good. And then you look at the numbers too and you're like, okay, he has a FIP, fielding independent pitching number of 363. And his ERA, like you said, is 738, which is twice as high as his FIP. So you're like, something's going wrong here. It doesn't really make any sense. But then when you watch him start, you also do see like this is basically at this moment right now, right-handed Yusei Kikuchi. He can look phenomenal against one batter or in one inning and then completely implode immediately because he loses the strike zone. But, I mean, the reality is, is, I don't know, Mitch Wade has good stuff. They can. It's probably best at this point right now to just kind of worry about next year. I don't really envision Mitch White being a contributing factor to the Blue Jays when they're in the playoffs. Like you said, the one time that we'll probably see him again is ideally if they've already locked up home field by game 162 and they do like a bullpen day to finish it off, something like that. But if the Jays are in a situation where, you know, you're either playing, I guess it, the, the, the three starters are already lined up for the Boston series, but if you'd have to win like the first or second game against Baltimore to keep pace with Tampa or Seattle, I'd really rather not be doing the Mitch White experiment again. Unless it's here, you're doing a bullpen thing and he's only doing two innings. I don't know because his his implosions come so quickly. It's, it quite literally is right-handed Yusei Kikuchi. All right. 
third up or third down. Sorry, let's dig into this. Uh, it was a big celebration as Aaron Judge moved within two home runs of the sixth best home run season of all time. Uh, he is now just two away from tying Sammy Sosa's third best home run hitting season. Um, of course, he's also now tied with Roger Maris for the most home runs in a season by an American League hitter. Um, what do you feel about this one? If uh, actually, no, I'm going to ask you this. If Aaron Judge played for the Detroit Tigers, would would we really be talking about it as much as we are? I think because he's an impending free agent, that also adds something to it. Because if he was yeah. playing on one of the smaller teams, then the talk would be like, oh, look at the season this guy's having. He might sign with the Yankees next year. And that would be the discussion. But I don't know. There's obviously... Um, there's 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 definitely an increase in in talk around anything a Yankee ever does, and it's kind of annoying. But I think that, I mean what what Aaron Judge is doing this year is really impressive, and I think we can divorce um, his accomplishment personally from it being just something a Yankee has done. Is it overblown because it's a Yankee? Yes, but should we celebrate? an incredibly impressive season by a player who seems, you know, quite likable. Seems like a really good dude. Um, Yeah, sure. Why not? I I personally don't believe this is the home run record. I still think Barry Bonds' record is the guy, but I also think there's some merit to being like, Hey, look, like this is the best season all time by a guy who's quote unquote clean. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not one who's all moral about the steroid thing. I don't care. I think it's fine. Uh, but if you look at it and you're like, Hey, this guy hit 61 bombs without the help of PEDs, then sure. That's a pretty cool accomplishment, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm with you on the steroid stuff. Like everyone talks about bonds and McGuire and that, and they ignore the fact that a bunch of really bad players in that era were also juicing. Um, it's not like these were the only three hitters in that 20 year gap of the majors taking steroids. Yeah. They were going up against pitchers who were juicing who could throw really hard. Like, it's not like, yeah, you're right. It's not but, like there's three dudes who were mysteriously doing steroids. Like, yeah, it was most of the league. And I started this off with kind of the, the asshole way of introducing the topic, but it is still cool. Like, 61 dingers in a season is remarkable. If Vladdy was doing this, we'd be yeah. dedicating the entire podcast to talking about it. Like, it's great. And it's a guy who, in a weird way, bet on himself this yeah. season by not accepting that extension over the winter with the New York Yankees. So, you know, is it the real home run record? No. Should we care? Yes, because it is still just a fantastic, fantastic mm-hmm. season. Unbelievable. And, you know, was it slightly frustrating to see him do it at the Dome? I yes. guess. But I'm but, but I, I'm looking at it from the perspective of I got to watch it live because I probably wouldn't have been watching a Yankees game if it wasn't at the Dome. So I got to see the record get tied live. And Frankie Lasagna has been born out of it. Yeah, that's funny. That I, I'm not sure. I, originally, I felt bad for that guy, but he's a restaurant owner in Toronto who is now getting a tremendous amount of publicity. So I think he's done pretty fine. The fact that he's actually named that is so deeply funny. Like Frankie Lasagna actually being someone's name is amazing. Like if you have that name, then you're obviously your restaurant's probably going to be fantastic. Like let's be real here. But I, I, I do disagree with you. I, I really wish I hadn't have seen that home run. I wish if it had happened in Toronto then it had happened and like they were either winning or losing like 10-1 it didn't matter the fact that jays came back and had all the momentum 
Yeah. And then that happened was so infuriating. It reminded that that third game reminded me so much of um exactly last year in late September when the Yankees showed up and took two of three. That really frustrating game that Robbie Ray pitched and they hit back to back to back home runs after Vladdy just missed that home run. It was like a carbon copy of the exact same game. And also going with that, I have no clue why John Schneider opted to bring in Tim Meza to face her and judge who has an eight. 41. This is Tim Meza pitching has an 841 opponents OPS against righties in 2022. Like I feel bad for Tim Meza. It's like, why'd you put him in this situation? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like what's going on? Yeah. Uh, John Schneider owes Tim Meza like a nice bottle of wine or something like that. Speaking of Vladdy just missing a home run, it's the fourth down. We need to make it a down. Vladdy smokes one off the wall. Ugh. No hustle, all of that stuff. Um, what do you make of that? I think what's particularly aggravating about this is the fact that Teoscar had done pretty much the exact same thing in the previous game. Yeah. We we all saw the Teoscar hits what appeared to be a grand slam. Yep. And, and if the Yankees misses, would have thrown it to second, he was out by a yeah. mile. Yeah, he would have been out by a wide margin, and it would have been really bad. And then Vladdy, in his situation, it's the same thing. He bombs it down the line, and he's admiring it. He's looking at it. And rather than just ripping and guaranteeing yourself a double and then slowing down into your trot, if it does wind up being a home run, he gets thrown out, and there goes the rally. And Buck then, Buck Martinez on the broadcast, goes on a huge rant. Goes on for about three or four minutes an inning later, and he's talking about the Jays kind of just lacking this and it sounds so corny. It really does. I hate, I hate being like an old school type like yeah. this, but geez, it's really, really omnipresent with this team this year. They, they, they can go from looking so good to so bad, so fast. And it seems to be just a lack of focus or critical thinking as to what's going on in the moment. And I mean, I think we fall into kind of a trap because most of us, I'd say the majority of us largely only pay attention to the Blue Jays. I don't think many of us are actually tuning into other teams' games just to see what they're up to. And all teams fuck up, no matter how good you are. Like, when the Jays were really bad in 2017, 18, 19, I spent a lot of time watching the Dodgers. And as good as they were, they're probably the best team in baseball in the past decade by a pretty wide margin. They fucked up shit like this decently enough, too. So it's like everyone does it. But, man, the amount of times the Jays just shoot themselves in the foot with dumb shit is just, it's confounding. And it's hard not to look at this and have a bit of a sour taste knowing, oh, geez, like playoffs, there's so little room for error. What dumb small thing are they going to do that completely implodes it? And it's hard not to go in the playoffs with that being your mindset. Even Bo sliding off the base, like it, that's that's more unlucky than the Vladdy stuff and the Tay Oscar stuff, obviously, because at least he's hustling. But like even that, like you can't do that in the playoffs, and and these are important ball games. You're trying to lock up home field, all that stuff. You just you can't be doing dumb stuff like this. You go back to again the earlier game. Tay Oscar rips it off the fence, doesn't run hard, very easily could have been thrown out. Go back to the Tampa series and Tay Oscar Hernandez holding on to the ball while a Rosarina runs home. Go back to Tay Oscar not running out that double play um, or what was almost a double play could have kept a rally going. Like if you're not willing to to hustle right now when the games matter as much as they do, then I have very little confidence that it's just a switch you're going to be able to flip come game one of the wild card series. Like they need to show, I think, over these next eight games here that they can put the pedal to the floor and and keep it dialed in for the three hours that this team needs them to keep it dialed in on the field. 
Yeah, if, I think the microscope is going to be pretty intense yeah. in these next six games until they lock up home field. And if, you know, they're playing Boston or Baltimore and it's a goofy little thing like that kind of a moment of being absent-minded that results in them losing a game, people are going to be pissed. Yep. And um, I think there was some things wrong with Bucks rant. I think it was a little too focused on, hey, if you tighten up your bat and try really hard every day, you'll win the game, which uh, I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. I do think talent is kind of the more important thing here but there's definitely a lot of merit to what he's saying i mean it doesn't it really doesn't seem like there's the same level of focus and effort there every single day and i understand there's a baseball season's a gigantic marathon it's not easy to show up and do this every single day like it's, it's not easy to show up and do anything every single day i completely get that but i do i do get why people would be feeling a little anxious heading into the playoffs knowing this team has a tendency to do dumb things and i don't think it's just yeah, it's being negative or a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, I want to see the team do bad because I want to be validated. I want to be right. No, I want to see the team do well. I like the team. I like the players. They're very likable. They're very talented. But it's frustrating to see them not come and reach their full potential just because of things that seem unnecessary. You know what I mean? Yep. 100%. Unne- things that seem unnecessary. You're bang on with that. Um, and especially a young scrappy team like this, you'd, you'd hope that they kind of learn these tough lessons now and get them out of the way because uh, we, they still have some important baseball to play before the postseason here. Let's go around the American League and take a look at what else happened. Uh, the Rays, I mean, the Jays did get some help on the out-of-town scoreboard. The Rays dropped 2-3 or three to Cleveland, um, and they're now two back of Toronto. Tampa's got to go up against Houston now for three games, and then they end the year against Boston. So a tough series against Houston. The Jays need to use their series against Boston now to hopefully create some distance between themselves and the Rays. Seattle, on the other hand, they won 2-3 of three against Texas, which is still actually an okay outcome when you consider they played the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Uh, they're one and a half back, game in hand. That game in hand comes in the form of a double header against the Detroit Tigers towards the end of the year. Uh, but more immediately this weekend, Seattle is going to play Oakland. So, I mean, Seattle's kind of sputtering along. The Jays are also kind of sputtering along. Tampa Bay's 3-7 and seven in their last 10. None of these three teams are really, really showing they want that top wildcard spot. <laughs> No, it's the three division winners who are killing it recently. The Yankees are on fire. They're nine and one in their last 10 games. Cleveland's been killing it. It seems everybody had disrespected them as being like, oh, the central division team shouldn't even be in the playoffs. And now Cleveland's gone nine and one in their last 10 games. Houston, seven and three in their last 10 games. I think right now the biggest threat for the Jays for that top spot does seem to be Seattle just because of that stretch of games. But then beating the Athletics isn't even a guarantee because they just recently lost two of three games to Oakland. And then the Detroit thing is an interesting one because on the second last day of the season, on the Tuesday, they're going to be playing a doubleheader, which I mean, if I were from our perspective, I certainly wouldn't want to be going into playing a random doubleheader here because you have to move around your pitching rotation. So that kind of sucks for them. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's the Jays ultimately do control their own destiny here. They're a game and a half up on Seattle, two games up on Tampa. You're going up against two teams that you're better than the Jays have pumped Boston all year. I think they're 13 and three against the Red Sox this year, and they're not quite as good against Baltimore. The the Orioles were, were doing really well against the Jays earlier on, but the Jays took care of business against them earlier this month. They really should be able to do it again, especially this series against Boston here, given who you have lined up, you really should sweep them just so that there's more room for error in that Baltimore series at the very end. Like the expectation heading into heading into the Red Sox series should be a sweep. 
Absolutely it should. Um, so let's dig into that. Let's step aside when we come back. We'll get set for three against the Red Sox. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, the big man making what very well could be his final regular season start. That is how the Blue Jays are getting this thing going against the Boston Red Sox. Manoa coming off a just fantastic outing at the Trop against Tampa Bay where he went seven strong, struck out eight, did not allow a single earned run, only walking two batters. More of that, please. Yeah, exactly. This is, like you said, this this could be his last start of the season, and we hope it's his last start of the season because if it's not his last start of the season, that means they need to win game 162, and he won't be available in normal rest for the wild card series, which would suck. So again, take care of business here. You have Alec Manoa versus Nick Pavetta in game one. The Jays have really smacked Nick Pavetta around yeah. quite a few times in the past. Uh, after that, it's Ross Stripling versus Brian Bello. Mm-hmm. Um, Bellows a young army's got good stuff, but Stripling's been excellent. And then after that, on Sunday, it's Kevin Gosman versus Michael Waka. Waka's probably Boston's best starter right now. Mm-hmm. And you're going up against Kevin Gosman, who in this season has done extremely well again with the Red Sox. You think about those starts back in April when he was just completely master class against them. So one, two, three, you got your best. It should be a sweep. I'm with you, man. Uh, especially tonight, our friends at Points Bet Canada, they're, they have Alec Manoa. Uh, his over-under for strikeouts set at five and a half. I am all over that bet tonight. He hit it in his last start. He was one away from hitting it in two before that. I think he can get to the Red Sox. Also, you mentioned the Jays and their ability to get to Nick Pavetta, their team total, paying plus 100 to go over four and a half. I love that. Shout out to our friends at Points Bet Canada. Um, yeah, this series, the starting pitching, all of that stuff. You got your three best arms going up against a team that is out of the playoffs and has basically nothing to play for. There is, And, and it's in your building. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't go pedal to the floor here and uh, and end the regular season at Rogers Center on a high note because you play the last three out in Baltimore. So a big, big weekend 
for the Toronto Blue Jays. We are fully expecting expecting a sweep, Coombsy. And you know what? If they do, maybe we maybe we crack some beers because we'd be uh, enjoying a nice, hopefully, carefree series against the Orioles to end this off. Hopefully a carefree series because, man, if the Blue Jays go into that series, the way their pitching's lining up right now, the first two games would be Jose Barrios and Mitch White. And I, I, need, to, I need to tell this Jose Barrios stat because I was going to bring it up earlier, but I kind of forgot about it. This was a Minnesota Twins person pointing it out, uh, Brandon Warren. Uh, so understand the perspective and what direction this is going to go. Jose Barrios this year has allowed a slash line of 292-343-475. So that's that's what is, the opponents are hitting off of him. And that OPS is 817, which is higher than Vladimir Guerrero's OPS this season. Jesus. That's a, a horrific stat. That's terrible. <laughs> that's flat out terrible. Well, so, we, thanks for ending the pod on a high note, Cam. Yeah, I, I really... I, just as we were getting all excited for the Red Sox series, I was like, he was this this ugly stat that I'm just going to bring up now. Sorry sorry for doing that. Hopefully everybody's tuned out by now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully everyone stopped listening right at like the 28-minute mark, and you didn't get any of this. Uh, all right, that's going to be a wrap for episode 115. Shout out to our friends at DoorDash. You can get up to 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMEDAY25, you enjoy this one, Coombs. You will chat after the weekend. Best wishes. Wrong one. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.